0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 396 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week, Nate Dotson. How are you today, Nate?
1: Well, I found out uh, earlier this morning that... Apparently, October fourteenth is uh, designated as Be Bald and Be Free Day. So um, that's really carrying me through
0: right now. I can't keep up with all y'all's fake holidays.
1: Well, I'm usually against these random holidays, but when I found out there was one for my bald brothers out there,
0: (laughs) very good. I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm getting close. Um, So the red season is over. That's just that's that's my analysis.
1: That is a that is a simple fact.
0: <laughs> the Red Season. Oh, we're going to take some time today to kind of review uh, the the year, uh, give out some awards, and uh, and and preview the off season a little bit. And of course, we'll have some viewer mail as well. Uh, I guess we should kind of sum it up by saying the Reds finished the season eighty three and seventy nine. They finished third place in National League Central. Obviously, they did not uh, qualify for the postseason. But eighty three and seventy nine. You know, Nate. Um, I know it, it felt like such a letdown to. Everyone, just kind of because of the way the first half of the season, you know, the bullpen was so bad and it was just frustrating because they only had about 18 or 20 actual major players on the roster at any one time. And uh, and then in, down the stretch, they, you know, they kind of, not necessarily say a collapse, but they had that stretch there where they were collapsing. Um, and so they finished kind of far out of it, even though they weren't technically eliminated until the final week of the season, which is amazing. So you think about a team who goes 83 and 79. That's above 500. Who is literally still in the race mathematically? The last week of the season, and, and you think if if you wanted to be positive about this team, it's pretty easy to say, "Hey, 83 wins the, in the last two decades, the Reds have had three seasons with more wins than that." So you know, it's it's a little bit difficult to be too upset about it. It's just I think it's more of a fun team, but what might have been is that fair? Do you have anything to add to that? I'm just
1: glad that we are doing this, that I get to be a part of this, you know, several days removed from the end of the season. You know, emotions run high when you're right in the thick of it, but when you've had a chance to step back and really assess everything we all went through as fans of this team for the last several months, you know, my, my outlook's a little little bit rosier. Like I just feel a little bit better about how the season went than I would have a week ago.
0: Yes, that's that's the same way I, I am. And, I, I, you know, I, I want to let my, I want to try to prevent my feelings about uh, ownership and management from uh, detracting from, you know, what was a pretty fun team. And yes, they finished 12 games out of uh, first place in the in the division and, and did not qualify for the playoffs. But, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't want to celebrate 83 wins either. It's ridiculous that that's the fourth highest win total. The Reds have had in the last 20 years. I mean, it's completely, completely ridiculous. It's actually, in the last 20, like that. 21 years. Um, so we don't need to necessarily celebrate that, but we've had a lot worse years. So I don't know. I guess I'll take it. We had they gave us some fun times, right?
1: I've had almost entirely worse years. My my entire fanhood with this franchise <sighs> has been worse.
0: Yeah, almost every year. Yeah.
1: Almost the entire time. So yeah, we can, you know, be the dead horse. We can talk about the front office, talk about ownership, and I'm sure we'll get to that plenty. We always do. But it's the end of the season. We don't have any uh, any more Reds baseball to watch for a while. I think it's important to sort of have this wrap up podcast and 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 talk about you know, why it's worthwhile sometimes to be to be fans of this this franchise,
0: oh boy, I'm looking forward to you answering that one because we've been trying to answer that one for years. I'm still not sure why, but here we are, right every week. Um, okay, so we're going to give out some kind of kind of uh, postseason awards here, and I wish that I had taken a little bit more time to think of some kind of a, a catchy little name for these awards. Uh, you know, uh, like, you know, like the Oscars or the the ESPYS or whatever. Those are the two most important awards in the world: the Oscars and the ESPYS. I think. And then followed uh, by the uh, the Nobel Prize, I think. Um, but we don't we don't have a we don't have a cutesy little nickname. Do you have a cutesy little nickname for our awards, or just the the awardees?
1: Um, I don't know if the awardees is going
0: <laughs> to. It's not going to make it. No,
1: oh, I don't know. Maybe the stinky superlatives. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a rosy situation.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I love that one either, to be honest with you. But uh, the. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything. The podsies for the podcast? No, that doesn't work. Boy, we really should have talked about this before we started recording. This is this is golden content right here.
1: Well, let's uh, let's leave it up to our much more intelligent, much more eloquent uh, viewers and listeners.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So somebody tell us what these uh, end of season awards should be called. We'll we'll uh, we will uh, announce the awards tonight, but before we get an actual trophy made up for them to uh, present to the winners of the awards, we will. Um, Figure out a name, and I'm going to leave it to you also let us know the name uh, on the Slack channel, or on Twitter, or wherever, or shoot me an email. I don't care. Anyway, so this is a I thought would be an interesting way to kind of recap the season we just we just finished. And the first award I wanted to give out was best moment. Now the truth of the matter is we're actually going to potentially give out two awards here because you and I have may have different uh, we may disagree on some of these, and that's fine. Whatever you know, none of this is uh, official. Best moment of the 2021 Red season. Now, let, let, let me just recap who I think might be the nominees. If there's anyone, anything else, you you, you tell me. Um, there's uh, Wade Miley's no-hitter. There is kind of that, that moment where Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker were the two best hitters in the league. How much fun that was. We have uh, Joey Votto's moment in the sun when he was just, you know, the home runs in, I think 29 consecutive games, I believe. And, uh, and I think probably Nick Castellanos, flexing, uh, at home plate there. Uh, you know, let's, uh, F and go, as he said. Um, I don't know. Any other moments that you can think of that would qualify for best moment, Nate? And, and, and if, if so, say it, if not, uh, what's your best moment? Yeah,
1: you know, I was a really big fan of that. Uh, you know, we're, we all shared this. It was joyous for every one of us when Jay Bruce hit that walk off to clinch the division. Oh no! Sorry,
0: <laughs> well, that that wasn't this year. No.
1: Um, uh, you said you said my favorite moment, and I actually love this award because as a Reds fan, it's the little moments. That's really all we have. And we don't have these these these, these lasting experiences. We, can, we can take solace in the uh, the brief moments of happiness.
0: Yeah, we got no trophies that uh, that the Reds are winning. We gotta we gotta take what we can get
1: but uh, the last one you mentioned that's definitely my favorite uh, Nick Castellanos sliding in and flexing
0: yeah just
1: And it was, it was for me it, that, that was the moment when I really took this team seriously I knew I was, I was going to have a good time I, was, I enjoyed rooting for them but at that moment I was like oh man this, this, this club has an attitude that I am not used to seeing they have a chip on their shoulder they're gonna be a tough out. For me, that was when my, my my excitement, my fanhood really got kicked in the gear. So that is my nominee for best moment of the year so Nick Castellano's flexing on Mofos.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, um I, I, I don't think we've talked about it in those in those terms, but I sort of that moment I was like, oh, this team's different. Mm-hmm. You know, and did they end up doing much different? No, they end up, you know, not making the playoffs like every other race team. But they were still different. And, and and that was the moment where you're like, oh wait a minute, we got some fun guys here, and uh, this may be a ride. And they did take us on a ride, and it would have been with just a bullpen. This would have been an incredible ride. But then again, that's we're not talking about that. I would say okay, the the uh, the other top nominee probably for that. You hate to not say Wade Miley's no hitter because man, but I, I got to go with that stretch that uh, Joey Votto had, where he was just it was like, who is this guy? He turned back the the hands of time and just everyone all around baseball was in awe of Joey Votto, late thirties, Joey Votto doing things that he'd really never, never really done. You know, he ends the year with 36 homers and 99 RBIs. Uh, Just, uh, but that, that moment where he was the hottest player in baseball, when when we we weren't sure we were ever going to see anything, even remotely, coming close to that.
1: It was a fun time. What I loved about it was it uh, it really forced Votto onto the public conscious. We've known about him. He's been a Hall of Famer in our minds for a while, and it really sort of just put the casual baseball fan on notice. Hey, there's this guy in Cincinnati that has been great for years, but look what he's doing now. And, you know, the— You turn on ESPN, you're not going to see Cincinnati baseball very often. Um, We kind of forced their hand a little bit. And, yeah, you're right. That was fun. Yeah, That was was, was fun. Like, his his moment, quote-unquote, spanned multiple podcasts. Like, it was – Yeah.
0: That literally gave us a a lot of joy. And I think I would maybe, uh, uh, you know, kind of build on what you said in that I think it made the casual fans certainly kind of remember, oh, yeah, that guy. I've heard of him. Um, but it also made uh, others around baseball start to say, okay, all right, now we agree. He's a Hall of Famer. Whereas before it was always, is he going to make the Hall of Fame? Is he not going to make the Hall of Fame? When you started to see more kind of national uh, writers and and, uh, more of the hardcore fans say, oh, you know what? All right, he just may have just crossed the threshold from maybe Hall of Famer to, yeah, this guy's going to get in at some point. Now, maybe not first ballot, but it started to become this agreement. And if he can do, do... anything close to what he did this year, uh, next season, he's going to start getting close to first ballot territory because you just don't see 38 year olds doing that very often, unless they are all timers or taking lots of steroids.
1: Right. And if he does get, uh, if he doesn't make it on the first ballot, I think it will be fair to point to that stretch as what pushed him over the top.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so those are the, uh, those are the two, um, Biggest moments that we've identified, uh, Nate. I think that uh, I'm going to open up the envelope. These, now, these envelopes were uh, they've been kept by Price Waterhouse Coopers, and the winner is of the best moment, Nick Castellanos flexing over the Cardinals. Now, it, it's possible that the voters here may have been overjoyed by the fact that the Cardinals went on this crazy historic streak in September and and lost in the uh, in, in the wildcard game.
1: That's probably <laughs> actually the best moment of the season.
0: Yes, the Cardinals. Oh, sorry, guys. And I, I got to say, I know everybody's expecting me to say it because I'm nothing if not, you know, a uh, broken record, but got to say that the guy that hit the uh, walk off home run to knock the Cardinals out after their historic stretch in September, UVA graduate. Wahoo Wah, Chris Taylor did the same thing at Virginia.
1: I was uh, taking odds with uh, some of our, you know loyal listeners on uh, whether or not you were going to mention
0: that.
1: (laughs) It wasn't worth me putting any money on.
0: No, I pretty obvious that was going to happen. Very exciting. So, all right. So that's our best moment of the year. All right. Next uh, category, biggest surprise of the year. So uh, biggest surprise of the year. Now I'm going to give my nominee. If you have a different nominee, then feel free to give it. If you don't have a different nominee, then we're that's gonna we're gonna know who wins the award. My nominee for biggest surprise, Jonathan India. Jonathan India. We heard rumors in the spring that he was going to, that he was he had really improved over last year when he didn't play at all last year. Basically, he was at the um, the the alternate site, and uh, but but everybody was like all the rumors were like oh man this guy he's he's made strides and like, yeah, okay and then in spring he he was. Really, really good. I was like, well, okay, but he's never done anything in the minors that made me really think he was a surefire star that he was going to be ready at age twenty-four. Yeah, he was ready. Probably the uh, rookie of the year. It's not been announced yet, but I can't imagine he's not going to win rookie of the year. Just an incredible year all the way around, offensively, defensively. Um, you know, at the hairstylist, uh, just a fun kid to root for. And and uh, uh, he is. The, we're going to start seeing more Jonathan India, those those jerseys, you know that kids wear. We're going to see start seeing more and more of those around. He's going to be the favorite player of just about every kid in uh, the Cincinnati, Greater Cincinnati area, going forward because he's just he's got that flow. So that was my bigger surprise of the year was the performance of Jonathan India. Do you have any any uh, nominee that would compete with Jonathan India as a surprise?
1: Um, Mr. India was also uh, my 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 selection for biggest surprise. He, I mean, even when he was. You know, came out of the gates firing and we were getting excited. I didn't expect him to lead the team and wins above replacement. I didn't expect him to surpass his best minor league season in virtually every statistic. Um, he, there is an argument. I, I don't know that I would make this argument, but it's, it's, it's possible to make the argument that he was more valuable than Vado and Castellanos in some ways. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, but it was it was just a joy to be a part of it. And I think you touched on a little bit in your uh, last podcast. We get to watch this guy for a while, and that is super super exciting. I think it's worth mentioning uh, some runner up candidates. Yes, I think Votto <laughs> has a biggest surprise. Yeah,
0: He's in the conversation, isn't he?
1: Who could see that happening? I also threw out uh, Gutierrez and our beloved Jesse Winker as just far exceeding expectations. But I think you're right. Jonathan India has got to be the winner here.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I did want to mention Vladimir Gutierrez. Uh, the Big surprise for me. I think maybe I, you know, uh, we already know that uh, you and I both voted both vote for Jonathan India here. Um, so he's going to be the winner of the biggest surprise of the year. But, you know, I'm, now I'm starting to reconsider because Joey Votto was looking like he was dead in the water as a player, just like on the natural aging curve. Um, what about I, I gotta I gotta mention here as well, in terms of bigger surprises, I guess I kinda gotta put uh he's not in the he's not in the competition to win this uh award. But Kyle Farmer, you know, he, his defense really surprised me. His defense was good, his hitting was not good, but it was a little better than his career numbers, and he had one great stretch. That that could have been in our uh best moments as well but um yeah Kyle Farmer's kind of on the periphery of this he surprised a lot of people and did surprise me with his ability to to handle the position of shortstop defensively so but we're agreed it's Jonathan India right
1: correct and I, I am surprised that Kyle Farmer was not a complete dumpster fire
0: yeah right exactly um so good job Kyle Farmer for not being a complete dumpster fire okay now um next category biggest disappointment Biggest disappointment. So, let's uh, here's our uh, who are. Let's talk about who the nominees might be here. Um, I think that uh, Mike Mustakas would mm-hmm. uh, be one of the biggest disappointments. I think um, obviously Eugenio Suarez has got to be there. I think maybe you put Nick Senzel in there. Just more injuries um, to him. Uh, on the pitching side of it. In terms of disappointments, I think you probably put Amir Garrett mm-hmm. in that list. Uh, who else? Who else is, is potentially in that uh, category of biggest disappointments?
1: I was hoping that you would uh, leave out Nick Zell.
0: I know. I know it hurts me. Everybody knows I'm a Zell partisan.
1: He ends up being my selection. Um, the three that I really put consideration towards were Suarez, which is obvious. Um, I'm sure we'll belabor that point plenty. Um, Moose, for sure, he just wasn't good really at any point. Well, his first game back after that game. <laughs> he
0: that. was good that game, yeah.
1: yes. I enjoyed that day. Um, but I think it's got to be, in my opinion, Nick Senzel. He, the injuries were bad. Um, Not entirely surprising with his past, but what made me so disappointed is that he would have checked so many boxes that – Looking back on this season, the team really needed. They needed that depth. They needed some player with upside to really step up. And you know, he was—he he could have been that guy. He's got the talent to be that guy, and we just never got a chance to see it.
0: Yeah, and it's just kind of a weird uh, situation with some some confusion, but and maybe some. Uh... Uh, I don't know, gamesmanship may not be the right words, but the, he, he and the team, you know, just didn't quite see eye to eye on some things. And I'm, I'm worried about his future going forward. Not that he doesn't still have the talent. This kid's got the talent. You, you, nobody, you, don't, you just don't hit like he hit in the minor leagues and as athletic as he is without being able to play. at the You just don't do it. OK, um, but he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field. He just he just has to. I, I still feel if he's on the field for any amount of time, he'll get in. A, he'll start to show us what he was before. But you know he's gonna be 27 next year, so it's 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 now or never. Um, and he's not guaranteed a spot next year. Although the fact of the matter is, I think they're gonna be needing. As we'll talk later, I think they're gonna be needing some outfielders. Um, my vote was for Eugenio Suarez. Just I don't know. I was hopeful that that short season last year, off the shoulder injury, he was bad. But well, okay he'll get back to he's just 29 he'll get back to being suarez and he just didn't uh he ends up hitting 198 286 on base uh, 428 slugging and 80 ops plus that's below Cal farmers an 80 ops plus what's September.
1: what's that but september
0: well that's what i was going to ask you you know um i know this is what the the idiots in the in the front office are going to try to tell us oh he's back He's back, and you know what? I watch him in September, twenty five games, three hundred seventy average, four hundred sixty on base, eight oh eight slugging, eight home runs, thirteen RBIs in twenty five games, and I think wait a minute. That guy looked familiar. Uh is he back? Are you will are you willing to bet the ranch on Eugenio Suarez being back? Oh goodness no. <laughs> Good. I'm afraid you're gonna I'm afraid you're logging on to DraftKings as we spoke. I, uh, Suarez. I
1: may have had a white collar too, but uh, not with that many. <laughs> um, I I think that, that little uh, that little hot stretch might convince me to, you know, have an open mind. If,
0: give, if, give him a chance.
1: Give him the chance when it comes to free training and early next season to see if he can uh, see if he can keep it up. But has he has he turned a corner? Has he figured it out? Definitely not willing to say that. I hope so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Please, it would really help next year's team if he could uh, make it back because uh, he's already on the roster, and we don't know if they're going to move uh, anyone else outside the organization onto this actual roster. So, another conversation for later. But. Okay, so biggest disappointment of the year. Let's uh, let's go to the envelope. That's a, that's the envelope that I'm opening here. It's sound effects. Very impressive. Biggest disappointment of the year goes to... Oh, this is a surprise. Bob Castellini for refusing to let the Reds improve the bullpen.
1: Ooh. You know what? Looking back at the odds, that probably should have been the favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy about this? I know there. Were, this team had other flaws. But if the Reds had just tried to improve the bullpen, which includes keeping the two guys they let go, they just let walk because they got paid too much, uh, Rizzo Iglesias and Archie Bradley, but if they just not even really gone all the way in, but had just gone all in on trying to put together an actual bullpen, this team is a playoff team. I, 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 that's, I, I firmly believe that 100%. What say you?
1: I couldn't agree more. Um... I will push back on this stance slightly, simply because the term disappointment implies a level of expectation. And at no point did I expect Mr. Castellini to do the right thing. Therefore, I'm not disappointed in him
0: for uh, you know behaving the way we always thought he would. Oh wait a minute! I'm getting I'm getting word now from Price Waterhouse Coopers that is actually a good argument. I'm being told, and so Bob Castellini is being removed from this. uh, He's he's not eligible for this category because you could not get more disappointed in Bob hmm. Castellini. Wow. Breaking news. Removed from the category after we're taking the trophy away from him and we're gonna hand it to I'm sorry, we're gonna hand it to Eugenio Suarez because I just can't pull the trigger on Nixon Zell. Uh, so Eugenio Suarez wins the award for biggest disappointment, but we still love him we, we I, I feel like I'm
1: to win uh, to win most improved
0: next season. Yes. I we need to uh we need to make a point of uh you know saying every time we mildly criticize Suarez that oh, we love that guy. <laughs> he still had 31 home runs. <laughs> which is crazy. It's amazing
1: that he had 31 home runs and was still a below
0: league average. Oh, well below league average. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, Okay, so uh, next category. You mentioned most improved, so let's do most improved player right now. Do we even need to discuss it? It's Joey Votto. <laughs> Somehow. Right. <laughs> do we need to even discuss that? Joey Votto wins most improved.
1: Does a Hall of Famer get uh, most improved? I'm into it.
0: Uh, you wouldn't think so, but the, the last two years, he was... Not Joey Votto, or he was not the Joey Votto we've become accustomed to. And he, this year he wasn't the Joey Votto we've become accustomed to either, but he was a different Joey Votto and somehow <laughs> better in some ways. Crazy. So he's going to be a nominee, though, in our next category as well. Next category, Best Hitter. Best Hitter. Now, you wanna, why don't you hit us with who uh, a couple of uh, two or three um, nominees, if you want to there, Nate. I
1: imagine that we have the same nominees here. Um, looking at the stats quickly. Yeah, you know, Jesse Winker pops out. He, you know, had the highest OPS on the team, but he played twenty eight games less than Nick Castellanos. Um, Joey Votto's right there. He had an amazing season that uh, we have already discussed and will continue because that's really my life's purpose now is to just you know make sure everybody with ears learns how much I love Joey Votto. But. It's gotta be Castellanos. He had one of the best offensive red seasons, in my opinion, that you know we've really seen in the last several years. And you know, as a Reds fan, I haven't had that many great offensive seasons. So uh I think I think he's definitely the best hitter the team had this year. And man are we gonna miss him.
0: No, oh, we don't say that. I would toss. I don't think he he can he can win this, but as a nominee, I would toss Jonathan India in that mix. So probably your four finalists are Vado, India, Winker, and Castellanos. And uh, you know, uh, I've already looked, I've already peeked inside the envelope. You were right. It's Nick Castellanos. I mean, you know, he played more games than uh, all of them, but but India and Just was just a joy to watch this year. You know, three hundred nine average, three sixty two uh, on base, five seventy six slugging. Uh, 34 home runs, 100 RBIs, and just you know, he was kind of the engine that this team kind of, kind of uh, you know, revolved around. As as uh, Reggie Jackson used to say, the straw that stirs the drink. In some ways, that was Castellanos on this team, and, and you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone. I really don't. Uh, there are enough you know unknowns out there on the free agent market, and with the collective bargaining agreement coming up, that that Castellanos may, and the fact that. I do believe, and have reason to believe, that he genuinely enjoyed playing here, and he's not dumb. He knows that Great American Ballpark is not a bad place for him to play, but uh, there are a lot of other factors, and so it's it's again like I think we said it was 70-30 a couple weeks ago, and I think that's probably still where I would where I would land on whether he's leaving or not. But uh, but he was the best hitter on the 2021 Reds, and so boy, I just I just hope he's not gone because man. Oh, Castellanos. So he's won two awards here tonight, right? Best moment and he's best hitter. Up
1: our, uh, our big winner today.
0: He might. He may even win best pitcher. We'll see. That's the next one coming up. One of the things that, uh,
1: that I loved about him was that early this season, before we knew that this Reds team was you know, somewhat special, that they had a, a chance to play meaningful games late in the year. He was getting all of the big hits. I mean, what, before Votto went on his tear, it just seemed like every time the Reds needed a, a late inning hit in RBI, he was the guy at the plate, and he came through so many times. And, you know, you can't, uh, there's, no, there's not really a stat for that, but, you know, clutch, whether or not that exists. But, you right. Star the stars of drink. He was. He was the one that really, I think he, you know, his effort, his output convinced some of these younger guys, some of these uh, less experienced reds that, hey, we can do this. this
0: and, how you do it. Yeah, and he also has a little bit of that, uh, you know, uh, something that's always been kind of, you know, Cincinnati just uh, loves the the guy who's just kind of gritty and, you know, plays hard and just wants to win. A gamer is what you call it. You know, I, I, I like Chris Sabo, for example, you know. Uh, Pete Rose, obviously, you know. Uh, it's a t- there's a type of guy that uh that reds fans have just always traditionally loved and he to me he kind of had that I, I noticed early in the season I'm like oh man this guy he wants to win he plays his butt i plays hard as uh, you know harder than just about anyone uh just you know and he he, he wasn't the you know uh, the best interview or but he really truly went all in on this team and uh boy i'd love to see him back i uh, would you agree 70 30 he's not coming back or do you have any sense of it
1: well, I'm glad you brought up the CBA part of this. I think that that is important to focus on. I think that is really what gives the Reds the best chance, other than the fact that he does seem to really genuinely enjoy Cincinnati. I think the the city embraced him as well as it should have. But the unknown of this CBA, and yeah, he's got some guaranteed money, there's a chance. 70-30 sounds about right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, to me that says, well, there's not. it's not – a guarantee that he's gone. So fingers crossed. We'll hold out with some hope.
1: I made some comments recently that I probably would have put it closer to 90-10 a week and a half ago.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah.
1: Right yeah. In the right
0: direction. Uh, some of that may just be that he's saying the right things. He's smart enough to know that, uh, you know, what to, what to say, unlike our general manager who should never speak in public again. Um, you know, he's, he's saying the right things about Cincinnati and how good Cincinnati was to him, but it has the benefit of being true as well, you know? So, um, Fingers crossed. That's something we'll be following uh, this off season as we uh, as we see what happens there. Next next category, best pitcher. Castellanos actually was not nominated here, as it turns out. So best pitcher. Here are our nominees for best pitcher. Okay, uh, Ryan Hendricks, Sean Doolittle, C.N.L. Perez, Carson Fulmer, Jose De Leon, Michael Feliz, Cam Bedrosian, Edgar Garcia, and Riley O'Brien. Good Lord. (laughs) Those are actual pitchers who pitch for the Reds this year.
1: I thought you were making up names on some of those.
0: I feel really bad that I mentioned Sean Doolittle there because he's a UBA guy. Um, I I, I, I retract that. I'm going to go back and edit that out. Um, And I didn't even mention Heath Hembree or uh, Brad Brock. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was just looking at ERAs. I skipped right over them. All right. Best pitcher nominees. I'll I'll give you uh, the nominees here. And if there's anyone you want to add, uh, feel free to do so. My nominees would be Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, and TJ Antone. TJ Antone. Only 23 games, but my goodness, was he lights out. So, yeah, uh, anyone you have to add to that list? Uh,
1: nope. I think that uh, that covers it. Who, Son- uh,
0: Sonny Gray had a good your- season, but I don't, I'm not sure he really fits in this group. I, you know, he might be the – and, and Anton because he got hurt. But those are two, I think – to me, it's between Castillo, M- uh, Malley, and Miley. You, you think so? Agree, agree completely. Well, give me some analysis here. Um. So, personally, I went with Malley.
1: Um. I, I loved what Way Miley did this season. How often we don't get, we don't get many no hitters. That was fun to root for. But Miley's consistency won me over. Um, Castillo was great. He has the best stuff. He's probably the best pitcher on the staff. But Miley led all the starters in K's per nine. Um, he was good all year. And t- to me, his most important statistics he was 2 and 0 with 11 K's per nine a 1.17 it whip, and a 3.13 ERA against the dirty St. Louis Cardinals.
0: Ooh, wow. Now that
1: is a matter to me the most. <laughs>
0: hey, did you, yeah. know the, did you notice the Cardinals lost in the wild card game? Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, wow. So Tyler Malley is your vote. My vote, I, I wanted to go with Luis Castillo here because the truth of the matter is, after his oh. horrific beginning of the season, that dude was a beast. Yes, he, I don't know, he probably led the league or tied for the league leader, it was close to the league leader in the losses, but I don't care about that. He ended up having a brilliant season that was completely overshadowed by the fact that he was straight garbage for the first month or so of the season. And I always love these these morons who drop into my mentions on Twitter saying the Reds should have cut uh, Luis Castillo or send him to AAA. Let him get it figured out in AAA. And then he immediately becomes literally one of the best pitchers in the league over the last four and a half months of the year. So I think because he is a sneaky pick here, he's a really sneaky pick. Uh, To me, I have a hard time. And and first of all, let me just say, wait, Miley or uh, Tyler Malley. Oh my goodness! This podcast, since the first time we heard Tyler Malley's name, this podcast has uh, just kind of been in love with uh, with Tyler Malley. For one reason, the guy gets people out. He just gets people out, and uh, so I don't know. We've just—it's uh, been a—it's been a thing. It's been a thing. We—I'm uh, uh, glad to see him finally on the big league level, really become the guy that we hoped he would be. And the fact of the matter is, at age 26, he had a 127 ERA plus, so that's 27 percent above league average, you know, roughly. Um, he had a great season. His numbers. It's interesting to see whether it's going to. Uh, I look forward to next year to watching Tyler Miley because his numbers on the road were unbelievable. Unruh. Yeah, makes you wonder if he, he were pitching it somewhere else uh, other than Great American Ballpark in his home starts. Whether he's one of the best pitchers in the league, I don't know. If if his game just doesn't play in Ga- Great American,
1: that doesn't sound fun to wonder whatsoever.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to wonder that at all. Uh, you're right, uh, but I look at Wade Miley, and Wade Miley was bad in September. Ultimately went on the uh, disabled list. He was really bad in September. And that caused his numbers to look uh, look worse over the course of the season. But up through the end of August, before that, the dude was 11-4, and 2.74 ERA. Just... And he was the guy that kind of held this rotation together a little bit when Castillo was struggling, when... The Reds were given starts to Jeff Hoffman. <laughs> the Reds gave starts to Jeff Hoffman. When the Reds were given starts to uh, you know um, Jose De Leon, I think got got got, got a start. Uh, got a couple starts. Um, let's see who else. Uh, well, that's the end of the season. Reaver San Martin got a couple there, but um, he kind of held this rotation together and with 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 Malley. But then, Justin Gray was hurt for a while, and Miley continued to really dominate. So, um, so my vote went to to Wade Miley for the pitcher of the year. So let's uh, let's open the envelope, Am. Ooh, amazing! It's amazing. We have a tie since there were two voters. I think we had a tie <laughs> between Tyler Mally and Wade Miley for co pitchers of the year, and I think it's defensible. Basically, Mally was so lights out on the road. Miley was really good until the last month. They both had some flaws in their in their in their uh, resume, but man, I wanted to vote for Castillo. I just couldn't pull myself around to do it. So
1: Miley, Miley probably should have gotten a few votes for biggest surprise. Also,
0: boy, you know, in, in retrospect, yeah. Why didn't you vote for him?
1: Well, you know, because I hadn't had my white calls when I was coming up with these answers. <laughs> Vino Veritas.
0: You know, <laughs> I'm gonna I to go. I want to circle back to that one actually. For biggest surprise, we probably did Miley a disservice. In spring training this year, there were people, and again, I, you don't you don't want to judge the Reds fan base on Twitter, but there were many people. I, I need to go back and find all the people who tweeted at me about how ridiculous it was that Wade Miley was just kind of being given a, a a spot in the rotation. You know, oh, he's awful. And these are people who saw him pitch and start four games for the Reds previous year before he got hurt. Four games. And he was he was bad. And people are like, why are they giving him a spot? And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Look at what he's done, you know, uh, in, in recent history, especially since he joined up with Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson back when they were both with Milwaukee. The dude had been good. And I said, is he going to be, a, a, you know, an ace? No. But I'm telling, I, I said it all during spring training. This guy is going to be a legit number four starter. I have no issues with him being the number four starter on this team. It turns out, for most of the season, he was the ace. But uh, I think you're right. That that's an underrated. That's a kind of a sneaky pick for uh, biggest surprise. If you just said before the season he's going to go 12 and seven with a 3.37 ERA, would anybody have believed that? I don't know. I can't imagine. Yeah. Okay. Team MVP. The Team MVP. This is the award. This is the Best Picture Award of our... I wish we had a goofy name for this. Why didn't you come up with one? Next Uh, year. Yeah, we'll have a good one for next year. But Team MVP. So, here are our nominees. And you can let me know if I've forgotten anyone. The aforementioned Wade Miley. Tyler Malley. Nick Castellanos. Jesse Winker. Joey Votto, and Jonathan India. Those are our six nominees. Now, have I forgotten anyone?
1: Not in my opinion. I think that there are uh, you know, there's some names that we can throw out there just for the sake of it because we want to we make it feel good, but those are the ones that all have a legitimate claim to this prize.
0: So um, I want to say something before we, before we dive too much further into this, which is that we've not mentioned Tyler Stevenson at all yet. And that feels disgraceful cuz what a great season the kid had at 24. This guy's the future at catcher. Just terribly exciting.
1: Well, we can I mean it's it's your podcast. We can create a new category <laughs> who is the second best rookie.
0: <laughs> best rookie of the, the rookie of the year on the Reds this year. It's between India, Stevenson and uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. So Stevenson narrowly gets it. The truth is in a lot of years Stevenson's uh, rookie year we'd be kind of drooling over it 286 average you know 366 on base i mean just he was he was really good just india so anyway um we've kind of talked about all these players so far that are in the mvp race and uh i don't know that we need to to uh, analyze them anymore i'm gonna let you open up the envelope here somehow you have the the mvp envelope i'm gonna let you open it up and announce the winner of the cincinnati reds 2021 team most valuable player all right,
1: cracking this bad boy open. This is a uh, feelings, no facts award, and the winner is Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Um, maybe he wasn't the best offensive player on the team, but he's he's the lifeblood. You got to imagine that, uh, that 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 clubhouse, that locker room, must have really rallied around him all season. The Reds were. One of the most talked-about teams in the league for a couple of weeks, and it was all because of this guy. I got to stick with uh, with our our buddy, our best, our goat, Joseph Daniel.
0: You know, the the uh, there's always this debate over the what's the most valuable player. My thoughts always been, well, it's the best player um, is is by definition the most valuable. But traditionally, the way that vote has gone has been, you know, using different uh, different uh, you know intangibles, quote unquote, and. Here, I mean, Votto has a claim to be the, you know, he, he you know, kind of got narrowly edged out as the best hitter on the team, probably just because he got hurt for a little while, because uh, his numbers were fantastic. But I noticed guys like Nick Castellanos and Jonathan India talking about how much they enjoy learning from Votto and playing with Votto and trying to win for Votto. And, you know, you see these comments throughout the year. And I think you can make the case. That he's he may not be the straw that, that that stirs the drink as we said earlier, but he may be kind of you know the uh, the sun that everything revolves around in Cincinnati right now. I just wish the ownership would understand his time is limited. Let me need a win for him.
1: You know we're picking these awards as fans, and that home run stretch was the most fun I've had as a Reds fan since probably 2013.
0: That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>
1: it didn't feel good say.
0: <laughs> That's disgusting. All right. We were going to give out some some quick grades. Um, that took a little longer than we expected. That was fun, though. I, I, I'm glad we, we did those those awards. We will... Uh, but quickly, let's give some grades to a few things. A, a to F, okay? Um, we will uh, see if we can agree on these. The offense. What grade would you give the offense, the Reds' offense this year?
1: I'm going to give them an A. They were top five in the NL and pretty much every meaningful offensive stat. Um, I, I, I didn't expect them to be as good as they were, even with some, you know, a couple glaring holes. They were pretty good almost all year. I'm, I'm they were above average all year. I'm going to give them an A.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going B-plus on that. I'm going B-plus for the reasons you said. I mean, you know, they were good. But uh, the reason I knock them down some is that, uh, and I, may, I could probably be convinced to go to B if I wanted to, but just because when it really counted in, in September, they disappeared. But overall, fantastic year for the offense. No no issues there. Uh, The starting rotation, I give an A minus to the starting rotation. I just, when you have four pitchers, the quality of Castillo, Miley, Miley, and Gray, and then you even have Gutierrez doing a serviceable job, uh, A minus might be a low uh, grade for the rotation. This rotation was as good a rotation as it's it's in the inner circle of rotations we've seen in our lifetime.
1: Yep, I agree. I had them as a uh, as an A minus. Um, they were asked to do more than I think any other rotation in the National League. Yeah, for, they had to carry that why bullpen, and they did it with the plump. They they were deep. They were consistent. Almost every day, we had someone on the mound that we could trust, and that was fun and a new a new feeling for me
0: yeah and you look at these guys and if the reds uh, don't want to cheap out they can have all these guys back next year mm. with potentially the addition of hunter green and or nick lodolo so boy that would be a, a well uh, again yeah, we're not going to get into next year on this podcast we, we thought we might but i think we're going to push that off the next next week the uh, the off-season preview uh because i can't bear, i just can't bear to do it we're trying we're having fun here uh <laughs> we're about the good stuff uh, but in the interest of uh Full disclosure. Next, we got to talk about the bullpen, so we're not really reminiscing about the good stuff. What grade do we give the bullpen? Uh, I think we probably both agree on this one. What grade do you give the bullpen?
1: I went with a D plus.
0: Oh wow, D plus.
1: And I started with an F, and I thought about it, and I felt bad.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to upset these guys. They're they're humans.
1: My only note: the reason that they got the D plus as opposed to an F was. They tried hard.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. They every single one of them tried hard. You have to give them that.
1: Um, it's like it's that, you know, it's that kid in high school who just—he you know, he, he wants to learn. He wants to be there. The teacher's just not giving them enough to work with. But they were spending extra time in office hours. They just couldn't grasp the material. You don't want to fail them. That kid tried. That was our that was our bullpen.
0: Well, see, but that that was that was me on the baseball field in high school, and uh, the the coach. Uh, I guess he didn't fail me, but he was successful in convincing me to go play tennis.
1: Coincidentally, I uh, talked to your former baseball coach, and he also gave you a D
0: plus. <laughs> wow, that's actually way better than I would have expected. Uh, I'm going with an F for the bullpen. I just can't do it. I just I can't do it. That the bullpen is the reason. Well, no, the the reason is ownership and, and management that the Reds didn't win more this year but in terms of on the field it wasn't for lack of trying from these guys they just we had guys in that bullpen who just couldn't do it it wasn't their fault they were trying the reds put them in a position where they were set up to fail Def- yeah. trying to- <laughs> i appreciate that you've rated the reds bullpen higher than anyone uh, ever could have uh, expected and i appreciate your uh caring about their feelings they're human beings too the defense the defense the great i give the defense is I'm going uh, D-plus on defense. And I, I started at C-minus, and then I said, no, I'm going to go to D-plus. Because, I, you know, I just... We're, in, a year where D, we're in, a, in an era where defense doesn't matter as much as it used to be. But, man, this defense was bad most of the year. Hey, of all the starters... I would t- uh, or, the, you know, the, I would include Tyler Stevenson with Tucker Barnard at catcher, but, you know, so that's that's nine basic, basic regulars. Since Sinzel was hurt most of the year, he's, he's a good defensive player. Shogo didn't get a play. He's generally decent. The only plus defensive players were Jonathan India and Tucker Barnard. This defense at times looked brutal. And they put Suarez at shortstop for a long time, and he, bless his heart. I love the guy. Again, here we go. We got to say that, but he was brutal. Kyle Farmer was better than I expected. So, I, you know, that's, I think that's why I put, maybe push it up to a C minus. What do you say about the defense?
1: Um, I had them at a C. Uh, as a team, they had negative thirty-three defensive runs saved. I, I don't think that's good.
0: Yeah, uh, fair, fair.
1: I know that defense is difficult to quantify, but it seems by every reasonable metric that they were they were bad.
0: Yeah, including the eye test, frankly.
1: The holiday season's coming up. If we uh, if we can pull our resources, we can you know, just send the guys some, you know, Tom Amansky fielding drills videos
0: and with Fred McGriff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, quickly, David Bell and the coaching staff. What grade do we give them? Um, I'll see what I say. I, I say, I say C plus. Yeah. They're just kind of, meh. Nah, they're they fine. It's, it wasn't their fault.
1: It had some head scratching decisions throughout the season. That's typically the case all the time. I, I don't think they were good. Yeah. I don't think they were bad.
0: You could talk me into either a C or a B minus, but eh, whatever. Who cares? Fine. Front office slash ownership.
1: So this one was tough because you limited me. You only gave me A through F. (laughs) I did a little research, and I found out that the uh, the Khmer language, I'm not sure about my pronunciation there, but the uh, language they speak in Cambodia has 74 letters. <laughs> Might be a, a, a better scale to rank these folks on. I wasn't able to identify what the seventy-fourth character was. Seventy-fourth letter. So it's whatever the Cambodian equivalent of Z is. <laughs> so I get the Cincinnati front
0: office? Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm in agreement. You want to answer some viewer mail questions here, Nate? Please, let's talk about something more cozy. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we do that, uh, right? Yes. Before we get into that, though, I gotta say, uh, you know, really, uh, really pleased with that. The way, uh, you know, this week, you know, um, the Reds did not make the playoffs. We've been a little frustrated lately, but a couple new members of the family at, uh, at patreon.com Patreon slash Redleg Radio. That's where these questions come from, and I appreciate the fact that we people join keep continue to join us and uh, come along with this ride. Um, had had a couple more at, that are at the the Slack channel level, but at the level to get a, a shout out here on the on the podcast. I just I'm I'm just really. Uh, it it warms my heart that we have such a, a good community here, and that people are still continuing to uh, join up. And, and I hope you will continue because uh, Nate. Now I are not going to talk about it right now, but we got some big things planned, don't we, Nate?
1: I could not be more excited, and having to keep the secret. I'm not good at keeping secrets, so I'm just gonna hush.
0: Yeah, shut up. So uh, we got some a couple new players on our beer league softball team. The first is uh, David Jump. David Jump, what J-U-M-P. It's a good name. What position does David Jump play on our uh, beer league softball team? I, I know what I think, but I want to get your your, your assessment.
1: Uh, center field jumps out to
0: me. Center field literally jumps out. Yeah, center field. That's what I was going to say.
1: He's right? robbing home runs a la Mister Junior Griffey.
0: Going up over the uh, fence. He's like a he's like a combination Junior Griffey Eric Davis, except he stays healthy.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: please. <laughs> because we need him in center field. Uh, so David jumped into the new center fielder on our uh, beer league softball team. David, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to uh, getting to know you a little better in the coming months. Next is John Comrie. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. I think I am. John Comrie. What position is John Comrie play? To me, I don't know why I've got a, I've got a first baseman in my head.
1: Yeah, that was the first thing that jumped out to me. Strangely enough, I don't have any good justification for that. I thought about asking Calvin Medcalf if you wanted him on the cricket team.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. He may be the second player on our cricket team. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's a left handed thrower, but he bats right handed for some reason and plays first base. Yeah. He's got some power. He does have some power. He has some power. I'm not sure his on base skills are great, but he has big time lot tower power. So, In yeah.
1: And the minors, too, so we've got some room room to improve there.
0: There we go. All right, definitely. Uh, John, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining uh, joining the family. Uh, just it, it really does mean a lot to us when uh, when you decide to join us, and we, we try to have a good time. So let's get to these uh, viewer mail questions. We'll see how many of them we can get to. Uh, the awards show, as the Oscars do every year, went longer than we expected, and that's that's good. That's fun. I enjoyed it. Before we get into the questions, did you enjoy the awards show ceremony this year, Nate?
1: That was fun. I do think that uh, – it would be useful to have someone with the to play the music when we've gone too long. <laughs> it's off stage,
0: play it's off the stage, right? So, we're going to make this a yearly, and you got to help me remember this name, a yearly occurrence, the the awards, but only if the uh, the community gives us a good name for these dumb awards. Okay, first question comes from Calvin Metcalf, our cricket player. Calvin, by the way, let us know do you do you actually play cricket? You may have said that in Slack, and I didn't see it, but. Calvin said if the front office doesn't make moves to keep Nick I assume he's talking about Nick Cassianos, you think? Maybe Nick Senzel. No, he's talking about Cassianos. Who would be a viable alter- alternative to look at that could possibly come? Now, I'm gonna go ahead and just answer this one. If you have anything to add, you can, but the answer is there are lots of viable uh, there are lots of alternatives. I don't know if any more viable because it's gonna depend on the front office being willing to bring someone in that could move the needle. And I, I just I don't see it. So I, maybe I'm just uh, avoiding the question. But I don't I don't think there are viable alternatives because I don't think Castellini will pay for viable alternatives. I think our best hope is that Nick Castellanos decides to stay. Anything to add to that? Name?
1: No, sir. Took the words right out of my mouth. I uh, I just have a sinking feeling in the bottom of my stomach that any any help's going to have to come from within. They're not going to spin and go get it. <sighs>
0: We've had so much fun, we've tried to be positive here, and uh, yeah, these, some of these questions are going to bring us down, but that's, that's the, state of the state of the Reds right now. Uh, Mike Perry, again, these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio. They also come from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Mike Perry asks, I'm not expecting the Reds to be able to compete for a while, so what team should I adopt in the meantime? I had a similar question on Twitter, you know, should I pick an American League team? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you? You know, pick a team and have some fun. Baseball's supposed to be fun. So what team should Mike Perry adopt? He's trying to pick a team that's going to compete.
1: This is tough. You want to find someone who is, I think, just exciting, somebody fun with some energy. Um, Obviously, you don't want to pick an NL Central team. That's sacrilege. Um, I'm personally against rooting for teams that have the designated hitter.
0: So that would be the American, and it's about to be maybe both leagues, unfortunately, but that's something we didn't talk about. But.
1: If I have to pick a team for me that I'm going to root for, it is the Atlanta Braves. And Ooh. as much as I don't, you know, I grew up really, really disliking the Braves. I think they're young, they're fun to watch. And I think that, uh, I think that Joey Vado and Freddie Freeman have a little bit of a bromance. <laughs> Could be making this up, but they seem to really get along, and that's enough for me.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to pick another National League team, but the Braves have some likable guys. I mean, yeah, Freeman obviously, but my man, I love Ron Cunha. That dude is just, just love that guy. Um, and probably, yeah, not probably. That's who I'm. That's who I'm pulling for in the National League right now. If I have to, if I had to choose the team to pull for, but I, Mike, I'm going to suggest the Tampa Bay Rays just because I don't know. I love that organization. I, hate, I hate that they don't spend money because if they spent money, they would win every World Series. Because they have the best front office.
1: What do the kids say? Hashtag goals, like as a Reds fan. Yeah. The way that organization is run is that's goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cheap owner, but who lets the baseball people, hires the best baseball player and lets them do their job, unlike in Cincinnati. Kyle Kapler, why does Nick Crawl, Reds General Manager, Nick Crawl, have to sound like the dumbest person in the room? <laughs> that's a, not a nice question, Kyle. I love it. <laughs> I get the whole what he says is being controlled by Bob and one hand tied and all that, but he just seems like an idiot to me. Well, let me say this, Kyle, uh, Nick Crawl is not an idiot. He's 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 not an idiot. I'm not willing to say that he's a good general manager. I don't think we have any evidence that says he's a good general manager. But I know for a fact he's not an idiot. Um, he, well, I just he's not an idiot. He is one of the worst public speakers I think I've ever heard. The Reds should not let him be the public face of the organization. He just sticks his foot in his mouth every time he opens his mouth. You know, they talk about the off-season plans, and in the first three answers, he mentions the budget. Okay, it's true. Yes, Nick Crawl. We know that you got to figure out what your budget is, that you're going to have to be told by ownership what your budget is we know that's going to go into every single thing you say but you didn't, a competent general manager would lie about it <laughs> right you're, you're kind of doing pr for the team and you're feeding into this oh we're, we're poor and there's no chance we're going to compete it just it's it's frustrating he's not an idiot but my goodness he should never speak in public ever again i don't know if you got anything to add to that i kind of went too far maybe
1: there should be 10 or 15 standing in the back of the room every time he's in front of a camera with giant poster boards with a cliche on them. And then <laughs> some steps forward after the question is asked. Says, Say this cliche now. You don't have to be honest. Just, just say something that we want to hear. <laughs> a-
0: yeah. You know, um, I've, I've long thought they should, uh, hire me in, in one role, uh, which they never, they're never going to as long as casting owns the team. But, um, and, and there's kind of a second role now that I think. I thought always thought, you know, they should hire me. Bill Simmons used to talk about teams should hire a, a fan before you made any deal that could tell you, oh, here's how this is going to go with the fan base. <laughs> you know, just, just let them know. Oh, kind of a voice of the fans. Yeah, the, the fans are not going to like this. And at least take that into consideration. So I think I could serve that role. But also, I think that you just let me speak for him. okay. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I've, I used to be a lawyer, so I can lie. <laughs> I used to be a politician as well, uh, uh, but just I'm smart enough. I'm not smart, obviously, but I'm smart enough to understand that there are certain things you just don't want to say. Let me be the PR guy. Maybe they don't want some guy with a ridiculous accent like mine speaking for the Reds, and I get that. But uh, oh mercy, bless his heart. He's just bless his heart, as we say in in Appalachia. Oh, know. Don't say that word, Appalachia.
1: Getting in trouble with
0: their people. That's right, you know. Um, if you know, you know. Nathan Connor. And we're going to try to run through as many of these as we can quickly, so let's kind of do quick hitters here tonight. As unpopular as this might be, how would you guys feel about making some deals from our starting pitching depth to address other needs? Uh, Princey's outfield depth. Uh, Green, Santian, and Gutierrez are ready, and Miley entering his prime, plus our current 1A and 1B guys. That's a heck of a lot of starting pitcher talent that, in my opinion, would be best served starting or fetching a nice return on the trade market. Any thoughts, or do you want me to dive into that one?
1: I think it's a, a reasonable option. Um, with my lack of faith in our front office, I say keep the guys we have, especially the ones that are under team control for a while, and then just hope for the best. What do you think?
0: I think it, it might be our only option to improve some of our holes, because the aren't going to sign anybody in free agency. Right. Um, but I, I, I mock you. I, you know, if it were, if we had Theo Epstein, you know, if we had someone that I trusted making those deals. Again, not that I know that we can't trust Crawl, but I don't have any evidence that he's good at his job yet. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to believe that he is. I don't have any evidence of it. Um, so I worry about that because with pitchers, you may have noticed they get hurt. And one of the biggest problems with this team this year was a lack of depth. So yeah, you do have to. You have to. You're you're absolutely 100% correct, Nathan. Um, this is Nathan Connor, not not you. Um, that that's a way to improve if you're not willing to sign free agents, deal from positions of death. But uh, do we trust these guys? I don't. I don't think I do. I think I think I like to. I prefer to just roll with the guys we've got, knowing some guys are going to get hurt. And you know, Santion may be a reliever, you know, Goodyear's may be a reliever if, if those guys have to be relievers. Okay, well, that, that you just improved our bullpen. So, all right, uh, Joey Gaditza. This is a question for you, Nate. Uh, hey guys, cheers! Joey's our, our friend from uh, the the vast country to the north, Canadia. He's a Canadian, so he's from Canadia. Joey asks. Chad, I know you're an Owls fan. It's true, New York Islanders, uh, hockey fan. So, Nate, do you have a favorite NHL team that you follow as well? I know the answer to this is yes, and so I'll let you just uh, quickly. Uh, you're going to get in yeah. trouble for this one, but uh, go ahead.
1: That's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to answer. I'm going to get some backlash, uh, maybe not from Joey, because you know my favorite team. And I want to preface this with where we are from. There is there are no professional hockey team. There's no amateur hockey. There's just not hockey anywhere. True. So you bought me NHL Live 95 when I was 10 years old.
0: Sega Genesis, right?
1: Absolutely. Oh, and that good game. got me into uh, to a fellow named Mario Lemieux and the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: They were great. Lemieux was unstoppable in that game.
1: Um, as a Reds fan, I have appreciated the fact that I have had the Penguins win a few Stanley Cup championships in my lifetime, so... Give me all the hate you guys want to, um, Joey. One of your fellow Canadians, Sidney Crosby. I, I adore him, and the Penguins. I, I have a, a bit of a bit of a love affair with.
0: Yeah, you know what? I don't think you're getting much slack. I mean, if you if you just said Steelers, maybe, but Cincinnati doesn't have a team, and uh, we got a lot of uh, Columbus Blue Jackets fans, obviously. And you know, uh, I don't know. I, I probably should pick up the Blue Jackets, maybe. I don't know, but I've I've been rooting for the Owls for so long now, and they're kind of a fun team right now. So, I'm, I think that's perfectly reasonable. You were a kid and you fell in love with uh, Marley Mew and Yarmir Yager, and, you know, it makes sense. So, they were fun. And, and you know, they've been fun many years since then. And I can't begrudge you rooting for a team that actually wins. If Cincinnati uh, get, got an NHL team, maybe we would reconsider. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, oh, gosh, quickly. We got to get through some of these. I uh, got some really good questions. So, quick hitters. Um, do you think we can be uh, quick about these? Yeah, hey, you're the boss. Yeah, we can't. Uh, but we're going to try. Michael Henry, does playoff success matter? The season's 162 games long. The playoffs are at most 20 games long. Should we place far more weight as fans on the enjoyment the 2021 Reds brought us with their great starting rotation and amazing seasons by Votto, India, Stevenson, Winker, and Castellanos than the disappointment in missing out on the second wild card spot?
1: I love the attitude. Appreciate the optimism. Um, I think if we did that, michael then we are letting the front office and ownership off the hook and i think uh you know it's it's we can't do that it's our responsibility to care about the playoffs this team was fun but we could have made the playoffs if people uh
0: people in charge would have tried a little harder so. yeah. yeah playoff success ultimately does matter uh although everything everything michael said is absolutely true you know um they did bring us joy, and we've tried to remember some of that. Uh, at points during the season, we constantly try to remember that. But uh, yeah, I don't want to let I don't want to let them all talk. John Majewski, what are the possible moments from 2021 that might make a revised edition of the Big 50, the Minute Moments, that made the Cincinnati Reds? There was a book that came out, and uh, great book, great book, Nate. I don't know if you've uh, seen it, but um, you should read it sometime. Um, Let's see.
1: Booker Prize candidate. <laughs> I
0: think it was, yes. Yep. So possible moments he suggests about his home run streak in his rookie of the year campaign, Miley's no hitter, all possible candidates. The fact of the matter is I don't uh, you know, I don't think we had any moments from twenty twenty one that could have cracked the big fifty. Um and frankly, that's that's good for me because the book is evergreen. As long as there are no new moments to add, the berf- book is just as perfectly up to date as it ever was.
1: I'm excited for you and Mr. Garber to come out with the big
0: 53. <laughs> the big 53, right. At some point we'll get three more. A, a question here, Nate. I know you read the book, but uh, do you know what the most recent moment in the big 50 was? The most recent.
1: Was it Jay Bruce's walk-off?
0: It was not. Scooter Jeanette. Scooter oh. Jeanette, four home runs, yeah. You didn't actually read the book, did you?
1: I read it again this summer.
0: Ooh. I'm again. never reading it again. <laughs> I've read that thing so many times. It's ridiculous. I
1: love Chris Garber's chapters.
0: Oh, those are the best. I I, I, I agree. I get it. I, that did not hurt my feelings. I'm just glad I was able to talk him into joining me on that tr- that uh, crazy ride. Mike Mannix, where do you think Kyle Bodie will end up next year, and what further fallout do you expect to see related to his departure? For example, any chance Derek Johnson or any analytic staff leave us to join him? Okay, Cal uh, Bodie will land somewhere. I don't know where, I don't think we have anywhere. There's any way to guess where that is. Um, uh, but any other further fallout? Yes, uh, I I would not be surprised if Derek Johnson's not here next year. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't know for a fact. David Bell said he hopes uh, that his whole staff's coming back. Derrick Johnson gave an interview and he was like, "Eh," you know, he was lukewarm in the interview. Trying to say all the right things. He's a pro. Um, I think there's a significant chance. I think it's uh, 50-50 that Derrick Johnson is not here next year. Um, Analytic staff. The fact of the matter is more of the uh, analytic staff has left than anyone knows. I'm trying to pin down. I'm I'm trying to do some uh, independent research, some reporting. Um, But there have been a number of... It's got to be well. I don't know the number, so I, I can't say right now. I'm trying to pin that down. A bunch over the last year, a bunch of the analytic staff has left the Reds. The, uh, so the the fallout is that the Reds are moving away from a, a more analytic uh, approach to player development, which is uh, means that they're going to be kind of alone out there. <laughs> I'm afraid they're going to go back to being number thirty when it comes to all that when they had made such great strides. So, I. We don't need to dwell on that too much. And I don't know if you have anything even to add to that, Nate, but it's it's not a good topic. It's not going to make you feel good about the Reds if we talk about that much more, Mike. Anything to add, Nate? Nope, I'm, I'm not into yeah. numbers,
1: the Reds, so let's, uh,
0: let's move on. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Chuck Nichols, uh, he calls Vlad Gutierrez Vlad the Inhaler.
1: I love that.
0: Do we approve that. of
1: that? <laughs> Is that a thing that's been happening that I'm unaware of? Because I read that, and I'm in it. I'm, I'm all in on that nickname. I don't know why or what it means, but i love
0: it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he needs to be vaping in the dugout in between innings. Um, so what are we, his ultimate question is where do you see Sinzel next season? And who do you think will be the next rookies to impact the Reds next year? Well, for the rookies, I think uh, it's going to be one of either, uh, well, you got oh, so many choices actually. It's uh Hunter green, Nicoladolo, Jose Barrero. That's who I think. About. I think Barrero is going to come out and, and, I think he's going to be this year, next year's Jonathan India. I really believe that. Yeah. Where do you see Senzel? Uh, I see him in center field, but show me, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I think it's be foolish to count on him staying healthy, but if he's healthy, I think he's your center fielder because the Reds don't have a center fielder.
1: He needs to get, uh, you know, the TB12 on audio book and stay healthy.
0: <laughs> exactly. I agree. Just, stay healthy Hooper Powell. is it me or does the future of this franchise with Nick Craw as general manager could be titled as Ernest Runs an MLB Team
1: also sneaky candidate for my favorite question of all
0: <laughs> Ernest Runs an MLB Team what's your favorite Ernest movie
1: um, Ernest Goes to Camp oh I would say. Scared Stupid
0: Scared Stupid was, was where I was going to go yeah
1: <laughs> it was I, they're all amazing
0: Oh, if you so don't know we, the Ernest movies come on you gotta go watch those I pretend like I'm a cinephile, but I'm a sucker for an earnest movie.
1: They are so good. Jim Barney, American Treasure.
0: (laughs) American Treasure. Absolutely. Inner Circle Hall of Fame. Um, Okay, last two questions quickly. Seth Shaner, the problem with realizing your team's ownership is not going to try is that it makes it difficult to muster energy for something you've loved all your life. What advice can you give to try to find the positives and have hope for next year? I mean, hope might not be a strategy, but it's something a fan should be able to have. Well, I do always say that hope is not a strategy for the front office, but it is for fans. Uh, you know, I would say that try to remember why you like this game, and uh, and why you like this organization. Part of what I like about this organization, frankly, and they play on this so much, but it's the history of this of the franchise. I wrote a book about the history of this, co-wrote uh, a book about the history of this franchise. I kind of just kind of like that feeling of being part of something that's uh, been around forever. And uh, you know, for a century and a half, and and a lot of fun times that we can still reminisce about, it, even when the, the current team's not doing well. And we've already discussed a many positives about this team. There was a lot of fun things that happened this year. There were a lot of things that brought you down. Do what I've done. For a, a long time now, I've decided I'm just not gonna. I'm gonna force myself. I'm not gonna get upset if they lose. They just lose. Okay. I get more upset than I should at front office stuff sometimes. But if they lose, whatever, it doesn't change my life. But when they win, oh, I liked watching that. That was fun. Uh, you enjoy what I was doing. Well, it's fun. They, you know, they they lose a few games. Well, all right, whatever. It's just baseball. I've got more important things in my life. Seth, uh, you've got more important things in your life than whether the Reds win or lose. So just try to fo- emphasize the positive, and just try to ignore it when they lose. Just whatever. Try to put it out of your mind because someday they're going to win, and maybe you know, get to the, get to the World Series, and then we will. Then we can uh, kind of have fun with it. So that's kind of a rambling answer, Nate. I don't know if you have a, have a good answer for that.
1: I love it. You know, hope is all we have. Now, you know, Winter turns to spring. Cold weather becomes warm. And come April 1st, opening day, every team's going to be tied for first. We have his fans.
0: You know what's going to happen? We're going to spend all offseason whining about Bob Castellini and the crap job that he and Nick Crawl and this whole crew have done, doing nothing to improve the team and then opening day is going to get here and we're going to be like oh, you know this could be the year
1: if things fall our way do it <laughs>
0: if, if things fall our way we're going to be alright so whatever it's baseball enjoy it it's a diversion it's not real life to us that's the way I would say it. it's not real life to us even though clearly we're all on this podcast and you guys are listening every week we take it seriously but it's not real life okay last question you ready for this one Nate? Do so, it. James, James Urban. Nate's buddy, James Urban. It's Halloween season, so I must know what's the official stance on candy corn for this podcast. Good or bad? PS tell Nate I said hey, and he doesn't have to hate me anymore. Go reds. <laughs> so do you do you still hate James?
1: Well, I thought James hated me. Yeah, so I, that, that
0: I, I agree, yeah.
1: Now that I know that's not true, I will sleep better tonight. James, we're good, brother.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh I will
1: not have candy corn with you.
0: do you have a stance on candy corn?
1: I say everyone should go out there and not listen to anybody else. Enjoy what you enjoy. I will not be having any candy corn myself, but if you like it, eat to your heart's content.
0: You know, I, uh, I will not be having any candy corn either. Um, because I'm trying to watch my, uh, my girlish figure, but, um, I'm pro candy corn. I like candy corn.
1: I'm glad it exists. It's more for other people. I can disappoint my trick or treaters.
0: <laughs> I'm not anti. I anti- mean, I'm anti these candy corn pumpkins that they have now that are not actually corn, but they're like pumpkin shaped of whatever candy corn is made out of that type of candy.
1: Oh no, I don't know what that is, and at this point, I refuse to look it up.
0: Yeah, don't don't look. It's not good. It's not good. So anyway, uh, candy corn. Uh, we're lukewarm on it, I guess, is what we, the official stance of the podcast would be. Uh, but we're completely anti-circus peanuts. I think we can agree on that, right? It's a fact. Spawn of the devil. Okay, uh, Nate. Uh, we've gone long. Any final thoughts for us uh, here as we uh, as we wrap it up?
1: No, this has been really fun. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, several times throughout the season. I can't wait to you know do more and more in the coming months and years. And I hope that everyone out there will uh, join me in celebrating. Be Bald and Be Free Day on October 14th.
0: (laughs) Be Bald and Be Free Day. Oh, bless your heart. All right, Nate, uh, it was fun. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'm not going to say much more here because we have gone a little bit long, except that, you know, they're the Reds, and uh, we are committed to to going forward uh, here, and let's just try to have as much fun as we can because why else are we here uh, to have fun? Uh, So this is uh, episode number 396 of the podcast. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts for Nate Dotson and... Nick Castellanos, please, please stay in Cincinnati, Nick. This is Chad Dawson saying, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation
1: Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.